Good morning. Welcome to the show. I hope everybody had a great, great week. Um, I don't even know what all happened this week, y'all, because my mind has been just blown by one thing that happened this week. Uh, and that is our brother, our neighbor, uh, our uh, Black America Attorney General, y'all. <laughs> his, his, his movie came out. Uh, and by the way, you get to see it tonight. I've been getting texts and calls because y'all saw me and, and my wife flaunting our, our thing in, in New York last Sunday for the premiere. Uh, it was everything it, it looked like it was, y'all. Not just the movie, but the time in New York as being Crump took over Times Square in New York. Uh, I don't know if you saw his big mug. On uh, on the Times Square big screen, y'all. Now, y'all hear him laughing, so you know he's here. Uh, but but he took over New York. Uh, but tonight, today actually, um, you get to see it for yourself if you have Netflix. It's called Civil, and it features the life and times, and certainly the dedication and the work uh, from our uh, Black Attorney General Ben Crump. Ben, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, brother, I'm ripping and running, but I am uh, excited to be on your show. I'm thankful for your friendship, uh, our bond, and the fact that you and Audra did not think it robbery to come to New York uh, for the worldwide premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival and uh, see what Netflix believes is one of the best documentaries of the year. Man, I... You know, I'm no movie maker. Uh, I will say this, though. It is one of the best I have seen. You know what? I don't want to give it away to the people who are going to watch it today. And over the next however long, it's just going to be sitting there. But but I know everybody's going to jump in tonight and tomorrow and the next day. But, Ben, I really want to talk about the things, man, that we won't get from the movie, right? Because I, I, I you said during your speech at the Tribeca Film Festival, you said that, but actually Kenya, Kenya Barris said that this was supposed to be a scripted series. Tell me about the journey of the series that turned documentary. Yeah, you know, Sean, Hollywood uh, has their methods and the studio heads have ideas of what they believe they, their viewers want to see and how can I argue with Netflix you know they're the largest screaming service in the world and so Kenya Barris uh, the you know visionary writer producer who created Blackish wrote the movie Girls Trip created uh, the television show America's Top Model with uh, that uh, model and he then went to Netflix from ABC and said, 
after talking with my manager, uh, Cameron Mitchell, that I want to do a show that is about Ben Crump's life uh, because you see this brother all over the country fighting on the front line for civil rights of all our uh, people. And I think that would be a fascinating show. And so he went to Netflix. He had a $500 million deal with Netflix. And he said, this is the show I want to create and produce. And Netflix, they were interested, but because of legalities, uh, they had to, you know, not be able to use clients' names. Couldn't say me. It had to be a fictionalized character of me. And the head of uh, Netflix television at the time, Shannon Dungey, Shannon Dungey, she said, well, I don't like the fictionalized version. I want to see more Ben Crump. And every script they were turned into her, Sean Pittman, she was sent back. But this isn't Ben. I see the Ben I'm watching on television. I want that Ben. And so, wow. Wow. And so they, they told Kenya, they said, you know, give us Ben. And he said, well, what do you want, the real Ben? They said, yeah. So what are y'all saying, a documentary? She said, exactly. That's what we need, a documentary on Ben Crump. And that was four years ago. And, uh, you know, the process began. He called up Nadia Hallgren, this brilliant, young uh, Afro-Puerto Rican director. Uh, she, came, she had just finished uh, directing Becoming with Michelle Obama, the most watched documentary at the time on, in Netflix history until Beyonce's homecoming uh, took over. But they were able to tell Nadia, do you want to go on a journey uh, with attorney Ben Crump? And she said she jumped on it. And the say movie history. Man, definitely movie history. And I'm glad you mentioned Nadia. You know, Audra has not been able to stop talking about how incredible her work shined through that film. Uh, because, yes, it's just some very powerful stuff related to the cases and your work with the clients. That's very powerful stuff. But even for those who know you well, some of the things that stand out the most were the things that you wouldn't have known uh, were impactful. Your family life, you know, the, the, the everyday uh, struggle in hotels that they showed how normal you are uh, with, with instances like trying to get your luggage closed, right? I mean, it sounds, it sounds crazy, but that was really revealing that amongst all the extra special things you have to go through in your line of work and, and the sacrifices you're making, you still have in the common day <laughs> struggles that we have uh, in just getting around and, and living life and being who we are. Did that, did, did, did that surprise you? Well, you know, it was surprising him in the moments that Nadia captured, Sean. Obviously, I, you know, I, I try never to get the big hair. Uh, God has blessed me. We've done very well. But I, I still try to remember I'm a little black boy from the government housing project. And God blessed me with this law degree and this education. And I'm trying to use it to help other people be blessed with uh, equal justice. And 
you know, so I, I try to do regular things. I, I still try to take commercial flights. Uh, I try not to take private jets and that kind of stuff because I just think that is uh, not who I am. But the one thing I did see in the scene, you know, I didn't even realize, you know, we talk about the mental strain of dealing with so much grief and tragedy and death. Uh, I never knew I wore my temple so much. <laughs> talking to those families I made, I must have rubbed my forehead 10 times. Yeah, you did. You did. Now, again, those of us who know you know that that's a part of who you are, particularly, you know, when you're thinking and when something really hits your heart, you, you, you choose your words carefully. And I think that that's a part of the process of you clearing your forehead and rubbing your temple is, you know, you, you're a thinker and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to take it all in and then lay out the right words. Because as you say in the film, I mean, when you're going to these families who have lost a loved one, they don't want to just hear anything. Yeah. The words that come out of your mouth are very important because they're grieving. Yep. That's a heavy, heavy burden that you, you know what, the, in the film, I, I when I left it, I got the sense that you are situationally aware of that. Am I right about that? Now, you're, you're correct about that, Sean. You know going in that it's going to be uh, a very heavy situation. They're dealing with the worst thing imaginable, especially when parents lose children. And you're going there, and you can't let yourself succumb to the grief and the mental anguish because they're counting on you to be able to help give them a foundation to tell them, you know, just what's left, what's right, because their whole world has been turned upside down. So like my personal hero, Thurgood Marshall, I try to just stay focused on the mission because... The mission is to try to prevent other families from having to endure senseless uh, loss and senseless death. And so that's what keeps me focused. I cannot afford to let myself be succumbed by the emotions because then what good would I be to the mission? And it's about the mission of trying to defend the lives of people disenfranchised you're there to try to give them a voice to say that their life is not irrelevant that their life matters and that's what we're fighting for it's that mission Sean Pittman that I keep my eyes on the prize and Ben I, I know it's hard to keep your eyes on the prize right I mean there's a movie out now there's a bunch of fanfare you don't get through an airport without signing autographs and um uh, by the way, I want one too. I, <laughs> um, I mean, but 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 there's quite a there's quite a bit of that, and you explain in the movie too that you had to shut out the Netflix cameras and all of that because the, the whatever was going on with that didn't change the fact that this is real life situation. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, you see a lot of times in the movie. We're meeting with these families who are grieving. And I, I told uh, Nadia, you know, 
you, obviously you can film, but you have to stay back uh, because they are not thinking about a Netflix documentary. They're thinking about my child has been taken from this earth. And so, and many times, and that's what made Nadia so masterful. You you almost forgot she was there. She was, you see a lot of angles, a lot of corner shots. Well, that's because she was kneeled down in some corner. Uh, she was a cinematographer, became a director. So she understands angles and uh, light and shadows. And I think that can tell so much about the moment, just the way they shoot that footage. And so uh, it was very important that there, Nadia, there were some things that she captured that she knew that she couldn't put on the screen because it was just too much. You know, the family's just emotionally letting go. And they did not want to lose it, but imagine losing your one of your children, how you could not contain your emotions. So I thought she was very good in choosing what things out of the 200,000 hours of footage that she had, because they followed me almost two years, Sean, filming everything. Everything from my home to me getting on planes, hotel rooms, going to funerals, going to do independent autopsies, doing a mock trial for Breonna Taylor. I mean, they just covered it all. It's, it's for two years in an unprecedented year where we lost Ahmaud Aubrey, lost Breonna Taylor, and lost George Floyd, which became some of the largest legal cases in the world. I thought she did a, a, a respectful job in making sure that none of that was commercialized or lost. So um, hats off to her for that um, and you uh, for making sure that she that you teed it up and she understood the umbrella effect here. Right. Everything that was operating underneath the umbrella that was that was your reality, the family's realities. And I thought I think she balanced that out really well. Ben, you you kept saying many times throughout the documentary, you kept saying, I'm running out of time. You kept saying, I, I, I keep pushing because I feel like I'm running out of time. And I don't know about other people, but it, it, it stuck with me um, that there is in your mind a purpose here that only has a short period of time to be accomplished. Can you talk yeah. to us about that? Yeah, you know, Sean, you've known me for a long time, and, you know, I have dedicated my life to fighting for people who have uh, been forgotten about to be relevant for their lives to matter. I, I imagine on my tombstone, they're going to say, he was an unapologetic defender of black life, black liberty, and black humanity. And I don't shy away from that ever because I, I, I understand what it means to speak up for black people. It is something that many people don't see as a popular thing to do. They often uh, say it's controversial, but in my mind, 
I believe what is so wrong for speaking up for black people, you know, everybody else gets to have advocates and they're celebrated, but it seems like when we speak up, there always is a, a, a stain on our name for doing so. Well, I, I come from the school of Thurgood Martin and uh, good Marshall and Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Fannie Lou Hamer and Ida B. Wells who say I'm black and I'm proud and I mean it. And I, I don't do that to diminish anyone else, but I certainly want my children to know you're just as valuable as anybody else. Uh, and your skin color is only an attribute for you. It shouldn't be anything that devalues you. Um, and so when I say about running out of time, I, I, I constantly think I'm in a struggle to raise the value of black life to the point where it won't be taken so lightly that police officers won't be so quick to shoot first and ask questions later when it's a black person. You know, part of the movie shine, we literally make a point that I am trying to raise the value of black life. I am trying to make it financially unsustainable for the police to continue to kill black people unjustly in America. I want it to be that it's a, an impediment to their their budget, that police officers, you can't keep doing this to black people because Crump and these civil rights lawyers are going to come in and they're going to bankrupt the city. So don't shoot them in the back anymore. Don't choke them anymore. Don't bust up in their in their apartment at one in the morning like Breonna Taylor and put nine bullets in her body. You can't do this. You need to value black life just like you value white life. And I think that comes through um, very powerfully. And it does something that, that the re reality that life hasn't been able to do, Ben, it connects them all in a way that the message doesn't get lost. You know, in real life, we move on so fast. We move on to the next thing and we forget the similarities between the instances. The movie, the movie captures them and it, it, it shows the consistency of the treatment, it shows the consistency of the message. And you are the perfect vehicle and doing an outstanding job at it. So I, I appreciate you explaining it in that way. Uh, just to be a little more uh, personal about talking to you about this movie, one of the thing, another thing that I really liked in it, and is as your as your good friend, as one of your great friends, a lot of us have to defend you a lot. <laughs> a lot of us, you've read comments it. comments that I've made in, in many in New York Times and People magazine and, and some some English magazine and some Russian one that I couldn't even read it, uh, but I saw my name. Um, but we get asked the question about Ben Crump and he, him making money and this and that. And what I loved about the movie Ben Crump is that it showed, and it wasn't shy about it, it showed that Ben Crump has been doing this long before he made a dime. 
long before he had a, a, a Juris Doctorate degree, long before he even went to college. And I, I love the fact that they captured the many, many years of you doing this. And by the way, not only, not only as a lawyer uh, who understands how to get this done, you showed a vulnerability as a lawyer who at times didn't know how to get it done. And I remember you saying in the movie, we looked at one case and realized we couldn't have that mistake in George Floyd. This case got me ready for George Floyd. You could explain that better than I can. Can you talk about that? Certainly. Uh, you know, obviously, Trayvon Martin was a landmark case that, you know, we represented 10 years ago. And even though we won the civil resolution, the criminal case, his killer went scot-free. And, you know, that, that had a, a large effect on me. And so one of the things I was committed to and I was focused on on George Floyd was not having another landmark case where we wouldn't get full justice, where we would only get partial justice. So I doubled down on it with everything I had, Sean, to make sure that there was going to be accountability for George Floyd. And, and Trayvon Martin and uh, Martin Leanders the boot camp case, many people don't know about that case in 2006, which was the forerunner to Trayvon Martin. Uh, in so many other cases, the police would never be held accountable for killing black people unjustly. But one of the things that I was determined to do was to make sure America could not sweep that video of George Floyd being tortured to death under the rug. And we worked with the prosecutors, we worked with the city leadership, and we worked with the activists and the protesters to say that this was going to be the turning point, George Floyd. If we can't get justice here, then there was going to be no justice to be had in America for black people. And that's how I looked at it. And so that's why I refuse to be denied. And uh, it comes across in the movie how we kept pushing on George Floyd, how we kept pushing on all these cases, Andre Hill, Ahmaud Arbery, and, and Breonna Taylor, which one of the most heartbreaking moments in the movie is when my mother and I talk about Breonna Taylor. And so that's what we're fighting for. Our sons and our daughters to have their lives matter and to know that the Declaration of Independence applies to them and not just rhetorical but in reality that their lives matter and they have the right to life they have the right to be free because of liberty and they have the right to have, have the pursuit of happiness that's what we're fighting for, Sean Pittman. That's what we want your daughters, your family to, your nephews, everybody to know, all these little black and brown children, to say the American promise is mine too. It's not just for my white uh, friends and my white citizens. No, it's for all of us who call ourselves Americans. Man, amen to that. 
and um, the last thing I will say for folks and, and then Ben keep 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 saying that you can't say that enough I know you have to say it a lot but but if you ever get to the point where you feel like uh, I've said this already double down say it again because Amen, it's, it's because it's starting to resonate uh, the last thing I'll say about the movie for all of you, um, friends and, and folks and neighbors and and Floridians and South Georgians that will jump on Netflix today. Um, I'm going to tell you, Ben was great in the show, but who really stole the show was <laughs> was Mama Helen, uh-huh. uh, uh, the daughter Brooklyn yeah. and, the, and the wife, Dr. Janae. <laughs> They showed that that they can tell Ben what to do. Nobody else can. <laughs> uh, uh, man, uh, that was amazing. Now I did, I did. You know, my favorite is is Grandma Minnie, and I just knew somewhere in the movie, oh, I was saw. I was go I was gonna hear uh, Grandma Minnie and our, our favorite saying uh, that you've done so much with so little for so long. So long. That you could practically do anything with nothing, with almost nothing, with almost nothing. and and that being Crump, that's you. That's yeah, you, and we God and we're proud good. of you. Hey, Sean, you saw uh, they did have my grandma picture in there uh, a couple of times, and uh, you know she said she wanted somebody in our family to be legitimate. Yep, and you did it. You did it, and 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 you're helping others do it too. So, brother, uh, thank you for having us in New York last week. Thank you for giving everybody today uh, this Netflix film that they're going to enjoy and be inspired by. And, 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 uh, and I should announce, yeah. uh, Sean Pittman, that the law school is going to have a screening uh, today at 3 p.m. at the Florida State University College of Law as co-sponsored by the uh Tallahassee branch of the NAACP and uh, yours truly, Sean Pittman. So, wow, wow. you all, please come out if you're free. I, I know it's Juneteenth, it's Father's Day, but if you got two hours, we would love to have you come and join us. Uh, listen, y'all, don't miss out on that. And if you have a chance, it's not far. There's a lot of places to park, and three o'clock today, which means you got time to get lunch and you got time to get dinner. Um, but you don't want to miss this film and, uh, Ben, man, just thank you and congratulations. And, and, you know, we, we're here to support you and thanks for always coming on the show to, to, to talk about what you're doing because it matters, uh, very, very much to us. So thank you, man. And we love you. Hey, I love you, Sean. Continue to be brilliant and continue to lead us, brother. All right. Listen, listeners, Ben Crump, you got to see it civil on Netflix. And stay with us a little bit uh, for a short Pittman point right after this. You're listening to The Sean Pittman Show. Mama, there's too many of you to cry. Brother, brother, brother. There's far too many of you dying You know we've got to find a way To bring some loving here today Father, Father We don't need to escalate 
Welcome back to the show, y'all, and uh, what a great show by attorney Benjamin Crump. And what a coincidence that that kind of power, y'all, that kind of power and, and that kind of work and dedication comes on Juneteenth, day that we're celebrating today. But, y'all, it's time for the Pittman Point now. And happy Father's Day to all of the dads out there. Happy Father's Day to the father figures out there uh, listening to the show this morning. Uh, it's a great day to celebrate everything that our fathers do for us and will continue to do for us throughout our lives. But as I said before, y'all, it's also Juneteenth in America, the day when we celebrate and honor the emancipation, y'all, of enslaved African-Americans in our country. Since 1865, we have observed this important day in the black community, but it was just last year that the United States began to recognize it as a federal holiday. It's not lost on me the significance of observing Juneteenth on the same day that we celebrate our fathers. So the Pittman point today is let's honor our fathers who came before us and fought for the freedoms we enjoy today. When we think about our fathers on Father's Day, y'all, let's all remember the ones who may not be related to us by blood, but related to us by the struggle. This has been the Sean Pittman Show. Happy Father's Day and happy Juneteenth to all of you. And we'll see you in seven. This is the Sean Pittman Show on 96.1 Jams, Tallahassee's big station. We got this.